-hmm. I start from the starting point that my idea sucks, that all ideas suck. And then I think real validation is about proving that it sucks. And if you fail at that, then it makes sense. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today I'm joined by Bram Kanstein, who you might know from Startup Stats, which is actually the most upvoted product ever on Product Hunt. Bram also started the No Code MVP course, which shows you how to launch an MVP without code. In this episode, we spend some time focusing on how indie hackers can find, validate and launch their ideas the right way. Before we get into this episode, I want to take a moment to thank my sponsor, Email Octopus. Email Octopus is an indie email marketing platform built to support other small growing businesses like yours. They are focused on affordability and ease of use, which is perfect for when you're starting out as a bootstrapper, as I'm sure you have found out. Email Octopus contains all of the features you need to reach and grow your audience. You can start today without paying a single penny on their free plan where you can contact up to 2,500 subscribers. By signing up to Email Octopus, you help support IndieBytes and another indie business. To try it out, head to emailoctopus.com or hit the link in the show notes. Let's get into it. Bram, welcome to IndieBytes. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for the invite. I'm doing great. I'm happy, uh, happy to talk to you today. So I listened to your Indie Hacks episode back in 2020, tried to get an idea of sort of what you've done, what you have been doing, but I couldn't figure out exactly what you're doing now. Currently, I'm really in a phase of kind of taking some time to figure out where I'm at. Like uh, at one point I thought, okay, I'm 35. I want to make like this inventory of where, what am I good at? What do I like? What do I don't, what don't I like? Mm. Like what, what do I want to do? So I'm taking some time to do that. And it basically came after, well, this early ones, uh, startup idea, which um, I started last year in April. And what we set out to do was create like a market research platform for Web3 and crypto. So basically yeah. in Web in Web 2, it's already really difficult to find early adopters and get feedback. And uh, we did that for six months. And it was a really great exercise for me to actually kind of practice what I preach, what I tell other people around MVP building and validating ideas, etc. To to do that again myself. And I think the conclusion eventually was really nice. So we worked on it for six months. After six months, we had a day where we reviewed like, okay, where are we at? Should we continue mm-hmm. with this? And I think within the hour, we both drew the conclusion that this solution that we built was not valuable enough to continue. And I thought it was actually really cool that after six months, it, you can distill that down to a one hour discussion without any emotions or ego or whatever, just really objectively both coming to the same conclusion and, and being fine with the failure of, of a version of, of the idea, basically. Take me back to some of your earlier projects. So you became more well known for Startup Stash, which I think was back in 2015, was it? Yeah, it's a long time ago. Already. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's seven yeah. coming up to eight years ago yeah, now. Crazy. You did Startup Stash. Eight Is it years. still the most upvoted product hunt thing? Yeah, which is insane. I started this idea as kind of like a thought, uh, like an exercise for myself. So I was at that moment working at an investor and helping companies in the portfolio with like product development and idea validation and stuff like that. And I had a lot of bookmarks of resources and tools that I I shared with these companies. And uh, I once did my final paper of my uh, graduation about Lean Startup when that just came about, etc. So I was really into this subject. And at one point I thought, okay, I think I know how to build a product and market it. And eventually Startup Stash was a WordPress template that I butchered with my minimal skills. I just <laughs> deleted code. 
eventually 400 resources and tools for startups and uh, launched that through Product Hunt. But my exercise was, I know how to take an idea from my head, turn it into something, show it to the right people and, and prove that it has value, right? That was the, that was the goal. goal. How, how is it running now? Are you adding new things to it? Is it just sort of there with no, the so old stuff? I, I actually sold it. Yeah. So I launched it and basically the same day I reached my personal goal and I was already happy, you know, like tens of thousands of people saw it. And so everything after that was just a bonus. So I ran it for about one and a half, two years as a site kind of business do it doing pretty well i think and then eventually i uh, i was calling with a guy i got introduced to by someone else from tel aviv and he was, he asked me how how startup stash going and i said well it's great but maybe thinking about selling it and then he asked me how much do you want for it and then i said a number and he said okay and i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so we we eventually made a deal, and and I think what is super fun is that it just still exists, and I think uh, it has over like half a million visits a month. It's like huge. Where did you go from there? Because you've sold it. Then sort of, what were you doing? Did you start a bunch of new projects? Is this where No Code MVP came around? So I think around that time I left that investor. I actually joined product hunt to run a community in Europe. Kind of after that, I just started consulting startup teams and entrepreneurs on really this zero to one stage, you know, from idea to some say product market fit. But <laughs> I always say the point where you can objectively say to yourself, I should continue this or not, you know, kind of what I just illustrated with early ones, you know, after six months where you say, okay, I've done enough work. Should I continue this or not? Right. And if it, if that's a yes, you know, you're at one basically so that is what i see as a zero zero to one so let's talk no code mvp now yeah this is interesting to me because many indie founders are at the idea stage or before the idea stage and might work for months and months and months or years to build something and like then what? either launch yeah. it and the idea is not quite <laughs> right they haven't done their validation yes talk to me about why you started no code mvp and how you sort of approach founders in that position the sort of idea phase i was consulting with a lot of teams and startups and along the way i also worked at like a financial corporate with teams there just to explore like how, how does it work in that world etc so i had like a lot of different clients and people i talked to and at one moment i became a father and then i stayed at home for a year with my son and like kind of in that like overlap i thought okay if i sit with 50 entrepreneurs or teams or whatever like people building products i basically always say the same things like the same kind of mental models principles but really apply to the context of that team or that product or the industry or the potential business etc like that is eventually what i think i am really good at and at that point, I thought, okay, I think it would be nice to take that from my head again, like a, a personal exercise, right? Like my view on how you should approach the development of new ideas, put that into some shape or form uh, that could have been a book, but eventually that became a course because I wanted to challenge myself to, you know, create videos and, and edit and, and all these things. Eventually it's called No Code MVP, but like 80% of it is more about the mindset to approaching new ideas and validating them and the process of how you go from your big idea to, you know, something small that, that you can execute on tomorrow. And then like 20% is about a stack of no code tools that I use, but eventually I don't think that really matters. I think part of my philosophy that 
the thing you build is eventually just a tool to deliver value that a certain customer segment wants, right? And it is your job to understand what that value is and who these people are and how you can acquire them and through which channels and with which messages, et cetera, et cetera, which in the early stages, zero to one is way more important than the thing, right? Like how you, how you deliver the value. And so that is kind of, you know, those things combined is where this, this course came from. And like I said, it's mindset process and, and tools. And I think eventually it really starts with the mindset, right? So what's, what is an idea and how do you how should you view an idea and for me an, an idea is just a combination of all these different types of assumptions that you have right like things you know or things you think you know or things you saw or inspiration from other products or certain developments or tech whatever and you put that together in in some sort of combination and then that is your idea right what is fun i think if you think about mindset like if you pick the idea you instantly have a problem Right. Because you say, I'm going to take on this challenge, basically, to see if I can prove that this idea makes sense. So you can build a thing. But then, you know, if you if you don't know for who or why, then that is a real trap, especially because if you can code, that's the most fun thing you can do. Right. So you have an idea in your head and you can go directly to creating. You know, I I get that that is fun, but I do see it. For some people, if you don't approach it in the right way, that is the trap, basically, that you start building without substantiating your idea a bit more with with evidence, basically. Yeah. So tactically, what would an indie hacker do to find that idea and then validate it? Like, really quickly, how can someone take an actionable step away from this when they're like, Bram, I can't find an idea. I don't know what I'm going to be working on. I want to be an indie hacker and build my own product and i want to do it quickly but i don't know where to start um you know there there's uh, i love this article if you google on heuristics to find startup ideas i think you will find a nice article where there's kind of like these ways you can get some creativity flowing to like get to an idea but i yeah actually i think that's a really hard question to to answer right like the the the, the basic answer is find a problem or a need somewhere, you know, and pick that and and start serving or or solving that. But eventually I do think that great ideas come from stuff that is kind of like close to you, right? Like I would never start an idea in the, I don't know, juice business or whatever. Like I have, I have no clue, right? So I can still argue that that is an interesting market, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think there has to be some, but this is me personally, some people don't have this, but like some, some knowledge or that gives you some certainty about like, Hey, I should, I should look in this corner, right? Because I know something about this and that gives you a sense of direction to, to learn more. So I think that would be my answer to getting ideas. I don't know if that's Mm. a good answer. I mean, I've heard some people go down a different route, which is either find something people are searching for. So using something like exploding topics, I know a few friends that have gone down that approach, find something that's trending and then figure out opportunities. I think that's great too. Yeah. But that's not my thing. So it's funny. I once, maybe one sidestep. I once had a guy in my class in college. He had two businesses. One was like a, a, a soft touch light switch, something and he had he he sold like colored eye lenses like crazy designs and stuff like that and he was doing really great and i hated these products hated them like why are you selling this 
shit. Like, I thought it was stupid. And I asked him at one point, you know, like, what do you like about this business? He said, I don't care about the products. I just like playing business. And then I thought, that's fun. Like, that is not me, but I respect that. You know, like, I think that is how you actually get really rich, probably. (laughs) But that that is not me, you know. So I think there's different approaches to doing that. And about validating, like, how do you go to an MVP, right? So I think every idea eventually revolves around kind of like the ultimate solution for the ultimate customer segment, right? Like in five years, every idea is kind of about that, about the end thing, the perfect end thing for the perfect like segment of users or customers, which is great, but that is not what you can do tomorrow, right? You start doing that by looking at at the customer segment, basically. So if you say, okay, I want to build an app for moms, eventually you want to reach all the moms. (laughs) Yeah. But you have a lot of different moms, right? Moms of newborns, moms of a second born or moms of twins or moms where the kids are already off to college or single moms or whatever. So because you took on the job to figure out if your idea makes sense, again, we go back to that. It's your job as well to figure out which part of this segment that I eventually want to service will experience the highest value right now, right? And you can reason that up until a certain point, but then you just have to, you know, get out there and talk to people and see if all your assumptions and evidence or whatever you think is evidence, if that makes actual sense. So that is always like my first comment is like, okay, if you say moms, like who, which moms, where, why, which which characteristics, right? Like, can you find these people, you know? And if you can then reach 10, 20, 50 of those people and present them what you think they want to have, that is your first kind of experiment, your validation experiment, right? And that is that is where you start. And then from there, yeah, I always kind of visualize it as just little boxes of time, money, and energy, right? And see if you can build up on that evidence and get more evidence that, that this idea makes sense. And maybe to add to that, a lot of people think that idea valuation, validation is about proving that the idea works. But I, I think that there's a huge bias in that, right? Because then you also assume that your idea makes sense. Mm -hmm. I start from the starting point that my idea sucks, that all ideas suck. And then I think real validation is about proving that it sucks. And if you fail at that, then it makes sense. So it's it's the other way around. I like that approach. So you're not getting people signing NDAs for your idea in case people steal it. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> no. That's just stu- like, like maybe to, yeah, I think that's the stupidest thing ever. Now, Bram, I end every episode on three recommendations, a book, a podcast, and indie hacker entrepreneur. Oh, fun. Okay. A book. It's not about business. It's called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Podcast. Yeah. This is a boring answer, but I mostly listen to just Joe Rogan. And I do also like, you know, my first million or how I built this indie hacker I love. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to (laughs) Danny Postma, I think. Great recommendations. Untethered Soul, Joe Rogan and Danny Postma. Bram, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Indie Bites. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Indie Bites with Bram. And I thank you again to today's sponsor, Email Octopus. Oh, and if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, I'm going to treat you to a 15% off code for one of my Wistful Craft Co. handmade wallets. Use code LISTENER at checkout. All links are in the show notes as usual. See you in the next episode.